Welcome to the Wake Up and Live show. I am so glad you're here. Happy Monday. It is Mindset Monday, and I am your host, Chantel Simone, and it is such a pleasure to have you here today. If it's the very first time that you're watching this show, well, welcome. We stand for three key things here at the Wake Up and Live show, and that is purpose, mind mastery, and truth. So expect to be shifted, expect the unexpected, expect to hear that thing that you need to hear to shift your mind and your thinking to elevate you to the next level. We bring you the best of the best and amazing guests from across the nation and across the around the world here to just offer you in this season their perspective. Now, this is th season three of the show, and if you haven't already yet, take a moment to hit that like button if you're watching directly from the Wake Up and Live show page, and click that share button because you just never know who needs to hear such an empowering perspective like some of the guests are going to be sharing here today. So to help me introduce today's topic, I'm going to bring on my co-host, the Mr. From, from Another Sister, Mr. Lester Bailey. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. I am so glad that you're here. This is another wonderful day. And it's great to be able to feel and to see everybody's perspective. We don't always have to agree, but we do have to listen to what each other say and learn the lessons from others. So I thank you so much, Chantel. I appreciate being here with you. And let's begin this magic. Let's do it on purpose. I love it. I love it. Purpose. Our nice, wonderful word that, that, you know, we always say we live on purpose with a purpose for a purpose. So I love it. Well, listen, today, guys, we are, we've been, we just entered into season three. So this is our 10th episode of season three of the Wake Up and Live show. The first two seasons were more on specific topics of overcoming obstacles, how to rewire your mind, and a lot of other great helpful tips to be able to move us forward in life. And then during the coronavirus, we actually had a couple of mini series where we did seven day interviews with just amazing, phenomenal people. And this season, it's all about you. It is all about you because guess what? You have a voice, you have a perspective and it matters. So first I wanna just put up here that we are inviting you to the table. We are about mid, we're almost wrapping up season three. So you still have time. You're invited to the show. So we are on at 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays where you can actually share your perspective because again, it matters. Now today we are, or today's topic is really exciting because today we're actually going to have a little bit more fun. So everybody watching, stay tuned. We want, we need you. We need your support. We want to hear your, your opinions. So we're going to ask you to, to engage in, in some of the questions that we're asking in the chat now. And it's all about what's your perspective. Currently in our society, we have many different things going on. We have the coronavirus, we have Black Lives Matters, we have businesses reopening or not opening or staying online and staying at home. There's so many different things to talk about. So today we're going to bring on two phenomenal people who are just beautiful from the inside out. And I'm very excited to have them because they have such an empowering perspective. So today we're gonna unpack what's your perspective. First, we're going to bring on a gentleman who is uh, we've been working we've working in similar field for 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 a past little while and 
he is also out there inspiring others, empowering others to really think differently. So I'm very excited to introduce Mr. Wale to the to the show. Welcome to the show, Wale. Hello, how are you doing, Chantel? It's been a pleasure talking to you again. Yes, fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much for having us. Now, can you first of all sh share three key things about you to give the audience a little bit of a perspective of who you are? Well, uh, I'm a kind and a helpful person. I love helping others. Uh, I'm determined to do what needs to be done uh, to reach a purpose or a goal. And uh, I'm a man with a purpose and a mission in life. I love it. I love it. I love it. We are, well, we, Lester and I, we are so aligned with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, perfect. Well, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to hearing more about your perspective. Thank Next, you. we also have another guest here today, and she is just a firecracker. She is passionate about life. When I met her, it was just, we were like totally aligned, said, yes, let's do this. And we are doing some great things. And please help me welcome Miss Georgie Franks Bell to the show. Welcome, Georgie. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Great having you on. Awesome stuff. Well, can you share now three key things about yourself that um, will give people a perspective of who you are? Absolutely. Um, I'll start with I'm a preacher's kid, so I am a child of God and so proud to be raised that way. I am a people person, so I'm very outgoing, and I love people, and I'm very supportive. I love serving others, and if I didn't love Phil so much, I'd probably be a nonprofit worker. <laughs> nice, nice. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Well, we have an exciting show today. So today, everyone, we're going to do something. If you're, you're a regular watcher at the Wake Up and Live show, we're going to do something a little bit different today where we are going to do a little bit of a round robin. So we're gonna get your perspective and we're gonna ask you to chime in. If you agree with the perspective and you wanna to add to it or you would add to it, I want you to put the number one in the chat. So listen out for when I make that call and I'll ask you to put a number one if you have the same perspective. If you wanna offer or would offer a different perspective, I want you to put number two in the chat. So we're going to be having moments of voting. So stay tuned and listen for that cue. We would love to know your thoughts and your perspective on, on these, these current affairs. Mm -hmm. So I know when we were talking backstage and preparing for the show, let's start with Wale. I know you have an, a very empowering perspective. What's a key message during these times where everybody is kind of, you know, everybody's mind is a little bit foggy, let's say, potentially. Um, so what's a key message that you would want to share to people during these key times? Well, uh, definitely stay focused. You know, this, whatever we are in right now, it's just going to lift over. It's not, it's not going to stay here forever. So stay focused, okay? If you have relaxed a little bit uh, during the past time, it's time to gear up, you know, get ready um, yeah. right i i never like you know my message was always never stop even if what you're doing and uh, the covid have stopped you from what you are actually doing that doesn't mean that you stop because there's always other things that you can work on um there's a lot of uh, there's so many aspects in your life whether personally or like you know uh, business or even family you can always care of something during this time 
So always stay focused and <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So we're gonna ask, we're gonna ask you, Georgie. Now, do you agree with that perspective and you would want to add to it, or do you have a different perspective to offer in general of what's going on during these times? Yeah, I mean. I definitely think you have to have your priorities straight and know what your values are so that you can stay focused on, you know, your values, what's important to you, or else you will get distracted by everything that's happening. So um, really just taking the time to and, and knowing your values, knowing what you stand for so that you know what fight you need to fight and what uh, stance you need to take. Hmm. Very, very important. Yeah. So it's time to wake up, get up, know your values and, and get going. So let's start talking about, and I agree with the perspective. I'm totally aligned with, with that because, uh, you know, Corona gave us a nice little rest and now, um, we refocus, we focus on purpose and let's keep going. Now let's talk about the coronavirus in particular, because yes, we have a few current affairs going on on the global scale right now that's all in common. So let's start with Georgie. What's your perspective on the coronavirus at this stage? Well, you know, I started this big discussion about the coronavirus and I really wanted to get clear on what I felt about it. And to me, I feel like we're hashtag safer at home. Um, and I think that as me being a leader, uh, any organization I'm part of, I try to encourage them to stay on Zoom and stay at home and to wear a mask and try to be safe because unfortunately you don't know if you're carrying the virus and it can affect a lot of people. And so that's why I think uh, you definitely need to stay at home if you can. And when you're out and about, wear a mask and you could not be showing symptoms. So protect yourself and others. Okay. I, I love it. Okay. So our first, our first perspective of for the coronavirus, I just wanted to take a look at everybody watching. Hey, Desiree, Demin, uh, Desmond, David, Prophet David, how are you? Mr. Jimmy Mag Magnetti, how are you? Uh, Martha, first time listening. Well, welcome, Martha. We're excited to have you. We'll ask you to participate. So everybody watching, hey, Miss J. Cell, how are you, my dear? Everybody watching right now, do you agree with this perspective? Are you, if you agree and you want to add and you would say, yes, I add to that and I second that, type a number one in the chat box. A number one, stay at home, stay safe, type number one. If you are wanting to offer another perspective where you may say, okay, that was then, but we're at a different stage now, type number two in the chat box. Let's see, let's see what the viewers are saying. Now, um, as we move to Mr. Wale, what about yourself? Would you, A, number one, uh, agree and want to add to her perspective? Or number two, do you want to offer a different one? Well, um, to be honest, I would like to offer a different one. Okay. Um, so, since the the whole COVID thing started, I um, something that I like to do is I, I like to like you know uh, learn more about everything and not from just one uh, one little corner. You know, I go around the world to you know, to hear more things. Um, but so as far as the corona, if as far as a virus, there is a virus and. Uh, it's definitely uh, 
harder on people than like the regular viruses, right? But uh, as we know that the corona is a strand of the flu, right? If it's a strand of the flu, means it's 100% contractual. 100% contractual means that every single one on this earth is going to get it sooner or later. Um, because let me ask you a question. Do you know anyone who have never got a flu before? Hmm. Maybe okay. yeah, top, of, top of my head. All right. So, like, so if if the media if the media focused their numbers on the regular flu, the regular flu would be a pandemic because it's hundred percent infectious. Okay, and as far as numbers that they put out, it's uh, the numbers is depending on the numbers of people that you test. So, if there are a hundred people and you only tested two and two were positive. Your number says two out of out of a hundred, but what about the ninety-eight? They might be all infected. So numbers that they put out in the media doesn't mean anything. It's all bupkis. Oh, okay. Now that's okay. quite interesting because um, I can I can appreciate that because you know what, coming from a, a math background, a financial background, and I love statistics uh, growing up in university. But you know, one thing about statistics, it's all about who you survey, you know, how many, what are the cases? There's, you know, it, it, there's so many parameters that go into uh, these statistics and they don't really say it, they just say the end result. So we don't know when they say Arizona, I'm hearing now has the highest number of cases of Corona. And Mr. Bailey, this is where you are now, but yet you found out something quite interesting right before we started the show. What's going on in Arizona and Corona? You know, first of all, hello everyone again. Thank you. And I want everybody to make sure that they either put a one or two in the comment lines because we're not going to miss that at all. I want to see what you all are also thinking. But during this time, Arizona happens to be one of the warmest places in the world right now. And because of this warmness, you see more people hanging out. And they're hanging out, of course, around the colleges. Colleges are always the hot spot when it's starting to talk about the age group between 24 and 35, you will always see younger adults hanging out together. So that's important. Two, we have the most golf courses out of all the places. People are coming down here because the golf courses are ready. It doesn't rain much in Arizona. So that's another reason. So when you start looking at numbers, it's where the numbers and what is the real truth. You may have, you know, 100 people living in Arizona, but where is everybody? If 98% of them happen to be, I like how while I said that if they happen to be together, that's what the numbers are. But it's not all around Arizona. It just happens to be where people gather. And a lot of the times when you're looking at the coronavirus, where are people gathering? Let's start looking at what is the truth and where does it reside? Mm -hmm. That's how that, that's how I look at things. Voila, you had a comment right and and like you know uh talking uh, like you know what you just said i wanted to know arizona's population all right the whole population is it more than new york no is it more than california it's very close because californians and arizona stay so close together <laughs> right but i'm talking about like you know as far as population the number so if it's percentage, it doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, because a percentage of 100 people is different than a percentage of uh, 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. 
So this is another thing that you can uh, look at. But as far as the whole thing about the corona, um, I just want to share something that in 2017, like, you know, they came out and they and I cooked in a, in a University of Ohio, I believe. They said, during Trump administration, we're going to have challenges into in the infectious disease and an outbreak. All right. That's in 2017. They said that. All right. And then you go back two more years in 2015 when Bill Gates came out on stage and he was talking about how the world is not ready for a pandemic and we need to do a worldwide drill. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if they came out in 2015 talking about that, that means that they at least had like another year before that talking about it. So for me, more than likely it had been planned. It's something that had been planned. Um, why? I have read all like, you know, all the conspiracy theories and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I really uh, believe, like, but that's just my own humble perspective <laughs> that uh, like, you know, higher ups, they are trying to do a social experiment just to see how would people react to certain rules all right, if they are gonna abide by them or not, if they will, how long will it take them, all right, to fed up with being at home and like say, I don't wanna be there anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and in a way, like if it was just a social experiment and the numbers are just focus and uh, the people who regularly die from flu, that it, like, no, that's about it. and. Mm -hmm. They're just naming it differently. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with it being a social experiment because to a certain extent, if you are in charge of a lot of people, you want to know how they will react. So it will allow you to care for them and know what they need moving forward. You know? Now, this yes. is an interesting perspective. So this is so while he's introducing the perspective of it might be a social experiment, and so I see Georgie having some things to, to comment on. So Georgie, what's your thoughts on it being a social experiment? And then after that, I want to bring in an example to get your thoughts on that before we move to our next topic. So Georgie, what's your thought on it being a social experiment? Well, you know, Wale, he, he really has asked some really good questions. And I think the question that was prompting in my spirit as he was asking this question about the social experiment experiment was, has anyone in your family died of the COVID-19? And, you know, two people in my family have died from the COVID-19. Oh. And then my very close friend lost her mother because of COVID-19. And I think sometimes when we get caught up in statistics and conspiracy theories, in, instead of just like really understanding the impacts, whether it's a social experiment or not, how it can affect people and kill them, then it, it becomes closer to home. And I think that's why, you know, the perspectives change. And I had a really dear friend call me this weekend who also had um, a family gathering of less than 10 and every last person in that family got it because the person wasn't showing the symptoms. And then they went and visited other family members and they got it as well. And so then it ended up being 15 plus people in that family right here in the United States who got 
the um, disease and then now someone's in the hospital because of it. So I just want to kind of um, challenge the social experiment to really just make it into a personal um, touch to touch how it can impact a family. Right, you, and you are absolutely right. Um, but like, you know, one thing I also like realized, I don't know if you guys um, realize it as well. So the flu itself, year after year, it gets harder and harder. Like I believe like, you know, when I was like, you know, younger, like 10 years ago or something, when you get a flu, you just get it for two days. All right, and then as like, you know, 2012, 2013, and then after 2015, when you get a, a flu, it sticks with you for like a week, a week and a half, you know? And then right now it's like, you know, we are at a point where I believe something is happening. Our immune system, I think it's going down because of all the things that we're eating and the chemicals that's coming into our bodies, mm -hmm. um, as well as the mutation of the virus itself. Because like, you know, uh, no matter how many times they tell you take the flu vaccine, it doesn't matter, okay? Because the flu keeps changing, it keeps mutating and gets uh, stronger and stronger every year. So I just want in case all the people that are, if you're just joining us, we're actually talking about the coronavirus. And at this stage of the game, we're, we're questioning, is it a social experiment? Is it something that, you know, is it, is it a, a little bit of a hoax? Are the stats skewed? Or on the other side, is it something that we really need to still continue to take uber seriously, stay at home, wear the mask? And that's really the question that we're debating on before we move to the next um, current event that we're going to be speaking about. Now, before we wrap up this conversation about Corona, guys, and thank you, because I'm sure there's some people out there, whether they're chiming in or not, or they're catching it on the replay or on the podcast or the YouTube in the future. There's some people that are going to agree about the, oh, it's it's nothing. We don't need to worry about it. We're, we've been through this already. And there's some people that are totally going to agree like, oh, that's absurd. You have to follow rules. You have to stay at home because it's a real thing. And I want to say I've had people that experience, uh, you know, death from COVID. I had my uncle pass away. Um, he got contacted with with the coronavirus. And so I, I understand that it's a real thing. Um, and I, what's another interesting point, and I want your take on this, is I just was thinking about, you know, the wave of things, right? So I always encourage people to sit back and analyze their life, analyze their mindset, analyze their outcomes. Also, let's analyze these current affairs. So when Corona hit, obviously that was the talk of the town for a very long time until Black Lives Matters came into, into play. Now, during Black Lives Matters, people were interacting. Yes, they had majority people had masks on, but they were still out in the streets. They were contacting each other. There were so many people out there protesting. And we didn't really hear much about spikes. We didn't really hear much about Corona or anything like that. And I feel like it's kind, people are kind of getting used to it. It's kind of dying down the whole Black Lives Matter thing in a sense. And now all of a sudden they're saying, oh, Arizona, the spikes are, you know, it's spikes, it's the highest, and now we're back on the coronavirus. So I would love your perspectives on what do you think? Is that a coincidence? Or is there something for us to really second guess here with what the media is telling us? Let's start with Georgie. What are your thoughts on that, Georgie? 
Well, you know, I, I, I just think that we need to protect ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of still stuck on that, you know, yeah. um, of, I think that people want the economy to flow better and there to be money, you know, flowing. And that's why we're opening up so quickly. It's a, more of an economical decision. Um, and so if we can, as leaders, decide what works best for us and not judge one another on it, I think that's really the, the best way. Because if you follow your heart and your your conviction, mm -hmm. then, you know, just be a leader in that way. So I do not think that it's a conspiracy. And I think that we have to make the best decisions for our homes and our children and not get caught up in the hype, whatever the media is trying to feed us. Mm -hmm. um, my children are going to wear masks and I'm going to wear masks and I'm going to try to protect my parents. <laughs> like That's yeah. on a super small scale, but on a big scale, I'm going to try my best to um, have, you know, Zoom calls, check in with family and friends and in, in, in the schema things, support businesses that offer me online um, products and just really look at how I can still be an asset to the world and the community just in a virtual space. I love it. And those are Georgie's thoughts on Corona. Before we get to Wale, I think there's a lot of people actually, <laughs> I love it, Georgie, that, uh, <laughs> that actually, I've heard that. There's a lot of people. I went to um, uh, uh, Huntington Beach and to be honest, there were there was like three people I saw that wore a mask out of the hundreds of people I saw on the street. Nonetheless, um, you know, when we got in the car, uh, the, our driver was like, everybody wear masks because you just want to be safe. Because even if it is a conspiracy theory, why risk your life? Why risk your family life? Um, if Because if there is a small chance that you can get it and just by protecting yourself, you do that, then most people would say protect yourself. And I think that that's where Georgie stands. And I've heard that a lot. So great perspective and thank you um so wale before we move to our next topic what's your final perspective on uh that whole uh what either what georgie say it seems like you guys are having uh, offering different perspectives which is awesome because it's necessary um but also what's you know it was uh, no statistics or very low statistics during the black lives matter and now that it's died down corona's back what are your your final thoughts on the corona and that specifically um, well, I'm actually with Georgie, like, you know, at the end of the day, as uh, like, you know, as leaders, uh, we definitely need to take care of ourselves. Uh, the coronavirus is there. Uh, like, you know, I'm not denying the, the actual virus. The virus is there and there are like, you know, people are being hurt from that. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, and uh, definitely I just don't want people to overdo it because if it's 100 percent contractual, and everyone is going to get it sooner or later all right um once like once they claim that they're gonna come up with a, a vaccine or a cure for it um i don't know if that's true or not um but uh well you think everybody's gonna get it sooner or later yes Everyone's going to get it sooner or later. It's the strength of the flu. I rebuke that. I am not going to get your Like, you know. Partner with you in that. <laughs> like, you know. So, in a certain way, all right, if you contained, if you contain the virus, 
mm-hmm. all right, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you can. So let's go back to uh, 19, 1918 when the, the Spanish flu broke out, yeah. right? So the first wave came out and it killed 5 million, right? And then it's everything went down. Yeah. And then second wave came out and killed 20 million. Right. Okay. So this that's is my like you know my fear of yeah. this uh, of what's happening right now that everyone is going to go out and we're going to have a second wave. All right. Definitely is going to be different in the numbers. It's not going to be in the, that. Mm-hmm. it's not in the millions. Um but are there people going to be affected? Yes, they will be affected. Um mm-hmm. like you know, I am sorry there is a lot of people that have lost their lives during this uh, coronavirus. Um a lot of numbers, and this is I I know for sure um, that have been like, for example, the hospitals uh, just for them to say that a person have a coronavirus they would get ten thousand dollars, and they would get a thirty if they said there's someone died um, with a coronavirus. So that's why the numbers of the other diseases just went down for some reason, and only the coronavirus have all the numbers. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess we understand it's like with the statistics that you're talking about and and you know what everybody who's watching we were just doing a poll if you are if you agree that it's a kind of a, a statistics games put in number one if you disagree put in number two before we move to black and Wale, thank you so much because that perspective you know it takes it takes courage to come out there and be like ah oh, guys look at the numbers you know it takes courage to come out there and there's a lot of people that actually are echoing that as well the goal is in life is never for us to all agree about the same thing in every single way but at least we can understand and i think there was a mutual understanding here yes be safe um, whether we agree about the numbers or not, just be safe and guard yourself. It looked like Lester, you had to uh, wanted to chime in before we move to Black Lives Matter. Well, I'm I'm going to put it all in the same way. Influenza, chickenpox, polio, Spanish flu, all of those things were around at one point in time, and people constantly, consistently believe it's the end of the world until there becomes a vaccine. People stop looking at this point in time in life because I agree with the statistics of economics, because you can't put everybody back on the street and when there's no vaccine. You automatically start throwing everybody back on the streets and there's no vaccine. So it's a money thing. Is it conspiracist? No, it is what it is, it's money. Now, when you put a bunch of people back on the street and like Black Lives Matter, and because they happen to see somebody who got murdered, and people are auto- automatically were tired of being on punishment. We won't say they were in the house. We'll say they were put on punishment for the first time in their lives. And then they were able to get everybody back out there on the street. Why did they want everybody out on the street? You know, Georgie simply said, it's because they had to make the money back. So now you start looking at lives. Is the coronavirus and Black Lives Matter, are they, you know, are they actually put together? And Georgie, let me let you answer that question. No, I don't think so. I mean, my heart tells me that uh, the timing does look like that, but um, how far are we willing to go with the conspiracy of uh, systematic racism that led to coronavirus? I mean, you know, I mean, it's up to you. How far do you want to go? 
Mm. Yes, that's a good question. That's that's a marvelous question because it's seemingly like the timing is right. And when people are looking at right timing, that's where the questions are coming from. This is why we're asking about perspectives. So mm. when you are not answering, you know, either one or two, we don't know how you're thinking. And yet most of everybody who is out the ones who believe in wearing masks or the ones who don't believe in wearing masks, you have to chime in because let's see where this country is actually going economically. Let's also see where this world is going between the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter. You know, everybody really wants these things happening. So what are your views on Black Lives Matter, uh, Wala? Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely with the movement, uh, like, you know, Things have been like, you know, I'm from Egypt. <laughs> I'm literally an African-American. <laughs> so, um, like, you know, definitely like, you know, through history, everything have been chimed and the superiority have been towards a different, like, you know, a certain race, um, like, you know, starting from the white Jesus, like, you know, the Pope. I saw like Muhammad Ali came out in an interview and he was talking about that he's like imagine like you know the angels are all white you know the pope is white the president lives in the white house you know but everything like you know everything bad is black you know like the ugly duckling uh, like you know the black cat is a bad luck if i'm gonna threaten you i'm gonna blackmail you you know um like <sighs> so everything has been uh this is of, of more of a psychological thing like you know even kids right now they do like you know the social experiment when they get a um, like two dolls one is white and one is black and they ask which one is the good the good doll and they choose like you know the, the white doll and i'm like this is really like it's it's a mindset like they have really put that curtain and that thing that perspective and i believe that because they have conditioned you from the start to be the bad person, you grow up to become that. You know, in a lot of sense, you know. And I'm like, definitely that is not right. And uh, things need to change. That when you see the sign Black Lives Matter, sorry, I just wanted to ask you because you, you mentioned something really great there. And, and you see the sign Black Lives Matter. What do you feel? What do you think? What do I feel? So they, 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 they matter. Like, you know, it's, they're, they're no different. Like, you know, it's they are exactly like the white male or the white like you know the white race you see those words yeah yeah with like what's the first when you see those words written on a sign let's say from a protester so i have like you know um i'm definitely like you know if you were talking about you know the difference between a black life matters and the all lives matter type of perspective um like you know I'm definitely with, yes, like you have to say Black Lives Matters because they are the one in the spotlight. And um, we particularly are saying that Black Lives Matter, you know? Uh, yes, all lives matter, including the Black Lives, you know? So there's no, uh, don't make any difference between them. So please, you know, Black Lives are exactly like everybody else, you know? So you don't say everybody, no, 
that we want to make sure and put a statement that black lives also are like everyone. So right. that's, that's what I like. You know, that is my perspective on it. Um, but like, but I, you know, the only the only thing that I really hope it wouldn't happen um, the opportunists that takes advantage of the movement. And okay, uh, we're gonna get to that next. That's really okay. good. That's good. Right. So let's let Georgie chime in here. Georgie, what about yourself? Um, when you see the sign "Black Lives Matter." Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel? What do you think about? Well, I mean, my heart rate is already high. Like <laughs> just from the question, I've really been strategic about not going to the masses with my opinion for a long time since the movement. When I see Black Lives Matter, I do think that it invokes like a like almost like a confrontation. Like it's uncomfortable, you know, because. When I first um, seen Black Lives Matter, I didn't instantly want to. Um, I'm sorry. I instantly. I'm just getting my charger real quick. <laughs> I instantly didn't want to say um, I, Black Lives Matter because I felt like there was more to the story. Black Lives Matter is a movement to bring attention to Black lives that are being unjustly killed by the police. It's about making sure there's justice for the Black lives. And I feel like Black Lives Matter doesn't tell the whole story to people who instantly, white people who say all lives matter. Why are they just saying Black Lives Matter? Um, In the business world, they say support Black business. Oh, why is it just support Black business? And then I tell my white friends, I say, well, it's only three black businesses in my community. And they're saying, support the three. Like, why are you so offended? It's just three, you know? And then all of a sudden they're like, Mm. oh man, you see what I'm saying? So I think Black Lives Matter, just those three words by themselves make people uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. But then I feel like I want to tell the whole story so that they could invoke change. Um, and you know, I would probably add like a couple more words to it so that it tells the mm-hmm. whole story that we want justice for the lives of a black person, uh, and especially when they die at the hands of our police who are there to protect and serve us that we love, that we want to look up to. But then there's this peace in our heart where we feel like we're not going to get justice. So that's a problem that we need to solve. Mm. Okay. That is, that's very, very important. Very, very important. Now, so it sounds like you guys are agreeing that it does matter. Um, and, and so what perception do you think that it has going to kind of what you were about to touch upon Wale? what perception do you think it has for non-blacks, for people who are outside of the black community and and it kind of alludes to the whole well when when other I've heard the only people I really have heard that say say that is is white people when they say well all lives matter I haven't really heard Asians or anything say that um, so what's what's the perception and what are your thoughts when they come in and say well all lives matter well well so you know. I don't know if honestly is gonna save me in here. <laughs> it's a safe space. And audience, we're gonna ch- get you to chime in right now. Uh, j- after he speaks, we're gonna see if you guys agree with the number one, or if you'd like to politely disagree and have another perspective with the number two. Go ahead, Wally. 
All right, so um, let's put like some facts first. So everyone would know, like, you know, the background, right? So a lot of, let's, um, let's agree that in a lot of neighborhoods, there is, uh, there is a lot of, um, like, you know, black gangs or uh, black on black uh, violence, mm -hmm. right? Do we, we agree on that, correct? You said and facts. Then, I'm waiting for the facts. Go ahead this. and drop those facts, brother. Yeah, we, we, we waited. We waiting. <laughs> All right. No. So, like you know, we like, you know, we we're agreeing that there is a lot, like you know, there is a lot of um, neighborhoods that have, like you know, black gangs and black, like you know, black on black. Everywhere. You are you are completely right. Yeah. Um, like you know, but like you know, that's like you know for. So from the other side, like, you know, when I hear uh, people talking about, like, you know, all lives matter is like, you know, from their perspective, yes, like, you know, all lives matter, not, like, you know, not just black, because they didn't, um, I believe that they, they didn't feel the, the racism. They haven't, like, they were not subjected to it, so they don't understand it. Like, you know, um, I have like one of my friends, um, he's, he's white, he's everything, but he, he has a medical condition. And uh, he, um, when he went to Walmart, he got denied going to Walmart because he couldn't, like, you know, his medical condition can't make him wear a mask. And they literally told him, you're not going to come in. And no matter what he does, he, gets, he, he got a note from the doctor. He got a, doc a note from the police. He showed the state um, medical paper and they literally just took it personally and he felt so discriminated and um, so discriminated against. And then when he came to work, he was like, I can't believe it. It feels so horrible to be singled out, you know? And um, and he told me like, you know, he started to, to see the difference. Like, you know, he started to feel. Huh. And so sorry, was this a, uh, was this, what was the ethnicity of the person? He's white. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So, like you know, so I believe a lot of people who did not feel that discrimination feels that is a normal thing for everyone. Like whatever they are feeling, they feel that everyone else is feeling the same way, and they feel that everyone is being treated the same way they are being treated. All right. So when they put out that, they like you know they are not putting it as a something against you uh, or against Black Lives Matter, you know, they are putting it out as they simply don't understand. And that's let really me, the point of it. <laughs> let, let, let me say it this way. One of the things that happened to each one of us, this coronavirus time came in, everybody was able to put on a mask. The one thing that we could not mask is being Black. Everybody else can math, can actually hide behind what race they actually were because people could see their face. Because they can see our our faces at all times, Black Lives Matter because we show up. It doesn't matter what neighborhood, me, you know, have worked in all types of neighborhood knows that the same type of violence that goes on in one neighborhood goes on in the other. If it had not been for the police departments being there saving a lot of people's lives, it wouldn't look so bad, but what is featured on the news? 
See, every time that the news features, doesn't matter what the group are, they'll say KKK, but nobody ever actually goes in to show you what the KKK does. They don't show that unless it's major violence. If the KKK had to be seen the same way that black people are seen, but they say the same thing about black people, but you see the same type of violence. So that's, that's always a big question. How do you see violence unless the news actually tell you what that violence looks like? And that, that's the question that I'm doing on purpose. And I love that, Lester. How do you see violence unless, the, it's, unless um, what is it, the news tells mm -hmm. you something otherwise? Because when you, I think the point you were trying to make and we were like, we're listening, <laughs> was when you were asking, well, yeah, there's, there's, black, uh, there's black gangs or what have you. There's violence out there in the black neighborhoods. Sure, there's also violence in white neighborhoods. There's violence in Asian neighborhoods. There's violence in all neighborhoods. What's highlighted in the media most? So when, when we see uh, a lot of, uh, like, just like Lester said, when there's a lot of things portraying black people with a certain type of stigma, if there's gun violence or theft or, you know, and that's all you see in the media, you're going to form a perception. Right. Like terrorists, you know. Exactly. Like terrorists. Right. So now all terrorists at the airport, everyone who is of the same ethnicity, maybe, maybe Middle Eastern or anything looking like that, they're going to think they're terrorists because that's what you see. So, so really, we're good. Let's let's get Georgie's chime in on this, uh, Georgie. We're really going back to when people say, but I do like what you said, Wally, because what you it sounded like what you were doing is putting on the hat of the other, like let's just say white people, just for contrast, um, everyone just for contrast. Uh, you know what they may say when they say all lives matter, and some do come from a very innocent place, like what do you guys mean? Everybody matters and just mean it innocently. And some actually have more behind it. So Georgie, what's your thought on when you hear people say, uh, yeah, but all lives matter? Oh, well, I was able to read a lot of the discussion around this. And I saw the best analogy for me was when I read that, you know, when somebody's house burns down, um, everyone doesn't scream out, you know, hey, fire truck, stop at my house. And, and hose it down if it's not on fire, right? If it's not burning, you don't need anybody to stop by your house. But this is a, a emphasis to the black community saying, we're burning, we're struggling, we're being lynched, we're being killed, please help us. So for, for um, you know, white people or anybody to say all lives matter, when we're trying to get this flame down, it, it, it's almost like it's just crazy. It's just silly, right? And I was on a networking business meeting with a with about twenty five white people, and I was the only black face. And trust me, I notice every time I'm on it, Zoom faces all over the computer, and I can see I'm the only black one every single time. And the one of the ladies had a nonprofit, and she was saying, "Hey, there was a fire in Riverview, which is a local city. There's a fire in Riverview, and we need your help." can you guys support us with gift cards and support us with money and time and energy to help this family and everybody on the call was like oh me 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 they didn't say why don't you give me a gift why don't you give me some money i mean they were giving up of everything they had to help and so when i see white people right now 
because because there are some white people who are doing videos and protesting and making and oh, man, it just warms my heart to see them come and try to help that burning home that those black lives that do matter and say, I am behind this and I will help them till they get to the justice. And, and if they need to build a house like, hey, we're going to get the foundation laid. We're going to, you know, raise money. We're going to do whatever it takes to get that home restored. Because that home is now at the ground and it needs to be rebuilt. And that's what's going on, I think, right now. And there are some good programs out there. You know, where are they? How can we get those programs? Like maybe Habitat for Humanity helps this burning house, right? So there are good programs out there already existing for social change and impact. How can we get more attention to those to help um, change this systematic racism that's going on in our community? You know what? Yeah, very well said. Very, I absolutely love that analogy. That right there, I would say kiboshes or, or eliminates um, that conversation of all lives matter because uh, such a beautiful analogy because uh, I, I read on a LinkedIn, it was a white person's LinkedIn and she, it seemed like, she, I don't know her, but I know somebody that does and they said she's a very genuine person. She's very caring. She's, you know, she loves everybody. But her post was, well, we're saying Black Lives Matter. Well, what about um, homosexuals? What about homeless people? What? And she just started to write a laundry list of all like challenges. And I love your analogy when you said that somebody said, hey, this this person's house got on fire. Nobody came and said, well, guess what? My, my husband died from a heart attack yesterday. I need help too. Nobody jumped in and started inviting all, all problems in. They stuck to the topic. And yeah. so I think for all those who are watching, you may have you may be of a different ethnicity, not in the black community, or you may have friends, you may be in conversations. And this is the reason why we do this show. This, a, this is a perspective that you can offer or a perspective that you can take and receive right now if you too are on the air of like, well, don't all lives matter? Sure, all lives matter, but stick to the topic. Just like in her example, there's a specific topic, this health is on fire, we need help for this problem. If you've ever tried to solve 15 problems at once, well, good luck to you. So mm -hmm. let's get to the number one problem, and right now is that black people are dying and their lives are being taken for absolutely no reason. That's why we're raising awareness of, hey, they matter too, so let's not take them for no reason. So. I love it. I love it. Your last 30 seconds as we wrapped up the show. This was a great show. I love the different type of conversations. I love the different perspectives. I love the outside thinking. Um, audience, I see you guys. We love you. I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Sophia says, great point, Mr. Lester. Um, it trivializes what it means. Absolutely. We see Tammy here online. Tammy, we love you always. Um, we had another person, Martha, I agree with Lester. I've lived in Arizona for 15, 13 years. Jaycelle says, hello. We appreciate you guys and appreciate all you viewers. Even if you're on the replay um, and not with us live, we love and appreciate you in the future. So to wrap up this show, guys, you guys have been awesome. I love your transparency. Um, Let's say, what is now a perspective for somebody who is now doing their best to reintegrate? There may be, there's a lot of people that feel like they got wounds from, and maybe from Corona because loved ones passed. Maybe they had a situation with Corona. It could be because Black Lives Matter, it, it's something near and dear. It's like a scar that's <laughs> There's people out there that are hurting and some wear it better than others. 
So what perspective can you give to end the show in about 30 seconds or less, each of you, can you share an empowering perspective to allow somebody to pick themselves up, even if they got that wounded, you know, they're a wounded soldier, to pick themselves up and face tomorrow another day with a with a shift and a different perspective. What can you share with them? I'll go first. Um, okay. When you when you see the the conversation happening, um, bring a question. You know, I had a a big timeline where somebody said, "I'm so tired of this," and then I felt like all the white girls were like right behind it, like, "Yeah, I'm sick of it too," and I'm sick of it too, and I just said, "Man." what are you sick of? <laughs> so let me get some clarity. Let me ask you some questions about what that means and just start asking questions, you know, and asking people their perspective to, to find out what the truth really is. Cause we have a lot of assumptions and emotion that makes us draw conclusions that really we shouldn't be drawing. You know, I, that could have been about something else. <laughs> and I'm over here mad and pissed off and, and it really wasn't about that if I would have just asked a question. They, they need to know I'm watching, <laughs> first of all. But anyway, that's my final thought. <laughs> I love it. That's sneak clarity. You know, Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand, then be understood. I love it. Awesome. Thank you, Georgie. What about yourself, Walla? Uh, so I, uh, I definitely agree with Georgie. And um, one thing I would like to put is um, don't overwhelm yourself um, and don't worry. Uh, worrying is uh, what we call paralysis by analysis. Um, <clears throat> you, you, you keep staying in that state of mind that you can't get yourself out of it. Right? So there, there was a, um, a Hindi uh, dilemma uh, and he was talking about like you know, a, like a perspective on how worrying doesn't really help you. So he had like a PowerPoint type of thing, you know. And he was saying, "Do you have a problem in life? No. Then why worry, right? Do you have a problem in life? Yes. Can you do something about it? No. Then why worry? Okay. Do you have a problem in life? Yes. Can you do something about it? Yes. Then why worry?" You know, so worrying itself, have it does nothing for you. It really doesn't do anything in your state of mind. It just keeps you standing still, all right? Whether there is something to do about it or not, that means that there's an action you're going to do, all right? If, you, if it's not going to happen, then you go on and you move on to a plan B. If there's something that you're going to do, you're already doing it. So don't stop and keep going forward. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both. Very, very, um, that's really insightful too, because, you know, a lot of us are worrying during these times. So rest assured, there's nothing to worry about. And the statistics say that about 80% of what you worry about never comes true anyway. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. So thank you. I appreciate you both for being on the show. You guys have really empowering perspectives. And I know a lot of people agreed with you. And, and I'd say I always say touch and agree with you. And some people learn something different to open up their mind and expand and think about something different that they maybe didn't before. So I appreciate you both. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Chantel. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. Yes, I had a great time. And I'll be back, girl. <laughs> All right. Well, you are more than welcome. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, today, guys, I am just so happy that you were able to chime in. We really deep dove into two, two key topics, uh, the coronavirus and Black Lives Matter, and we heard perspectives. Now, the main thing about this show is to hear a perspective and take a perspective, because at the end of the day, if we can at least understand where people are coming from, then we can at least appreciate who they are, where they're coming from, and let them know that, hey, there's something else that you can consider. And by doing that, it will bring us closer together. It brings us more connected because there's too much division in this, wor in this world. So take it from the last two key points of our guest today to make sure that if you hear something, ask a question before you react and just avoid worrying and just keep the ball rolling because there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is more to life than what we are living right now. So go ahead, always remember that you have one life, make it count and navigate on purpose. We will see you tomorrow at the same time, same place for another episode of, for, of season three of the Wake Up and Live show, What's Your Perspective? Thank you so much, Chantal Simone, Mindologist here and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.